0: Registered representative of Sanctuary Securities Incorporated and investment advisor representative of Sanctuary Advisors LLC. Securities offered through Sanctuary Securities Inc., member of FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Sanctuary Advisors LLC and SCC registered investment advisor. Prairie Fire Wealth Planning is a DBA of Sanctuary Securities and Sanctuary Advisors. This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is developed from sources believed to be accurate. No statements should be interpreted as an offer or solicitation with respect to the purchase of or sale of any security. The information provided is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized tax or legal advice. The views expressed herein are not necessarily representative of Sanctuary Securities, Inc. or Sanctuary Advisors, LLC, and should not be construed as investment advice. We discovered that we had more and more freedom. Um, We, on Friday nights, didn't have to stay up till whatever curfew had been uh, laid out at that point and we realized that we had a little more freedom to do what we wanted.
1: Welcome to the Empty Nest Full Pockets Podcast with your host, Matt Moline, Here to help you live your best life, whether you're working on or living in an empty nest. We'll be discussing financial strategies, lifestyle tips, and more to ensure that you successfully make the transition from full-time parent to empty nester. Grab a cup of coffee and join us for some great conversations about making the most out of life When our nests are no longer full.
0: Hello, this is Matt, your fellow journeyman and financial entrepreneur slash author. And we are here to spread the joys and tackle the challenges of empty nesting. Empty Nest Full Pockets exists to help our listeners emotionally and financially prepare for you and your children's future. Adapting to your evolving or evolved nest while making the most of the financial opportunities and threats posed by this new stage of life is front and center. Today's episode is going to be an introduction and a a storytelling episode with my wife, operations manager, and Empty Nest mom, Lisa Moline. Hello, Lisa. Hello. We're going to share the ups and downs of our journey to launch four humans into the planet at large. Uh, We discuss a number of topics, including the tug of war of parenting teens, some of our favorite stories as parents, uh, what our number one lesson is for shopping and paying for college, the Empty Nest Fun Jar, and doing your best as a blended family, doing the emptiness, excuse me, as a blended family. And make sure you stay tuned to the end where Lisa's going to share some of her favorite lines from our kids and one for her accent-laden husband. which I guess that would be me, wouldn't it, Lisa? <laughs> Not so much? <laughs> all right. Well, welcome today. Tell me, what's, uh, what was the emptiness like for you as it began and began to evolve? We had this tug of war in our home of uh, parenting our teens and, and all of that. What uh, what memories do you have from that as far as how that tug-of-war went?
2: Well, um, I remember that we were very lucky t- to join our families together at the age that our children were. Our children, I have twins, and they were nine when we got married. And Matt's children were nine and 11. So we had three nine-year-olds and an 11-year-old. And um, it was utter chaos at first, managing schedules and um sporting events and getting everyone to their schools on time and things like that Um, so it was chaotic but it was also fun Um, and we had a lot of fun stories throughout our time together
0: yeah we sure did so i remember as the kids started to live, live their own life started to do more things independently um when do you think that really started to take hold as people are thinking about becoming empty nesters when do you feel like, boy, these kids are beginning to become their own independent little adults?
2: I would say when they start driving, for me anyway. Um, once they were 16 and were able to um, go out on the weekends and hang out with their friends, uh, we just didn't see them as much as we normally did in the past. And so that's when it kicked in. Is like, wow, I mean, we're, we actually have some free time on our hands now. We need to figure out how we're going to handle
0: that. Yeah. So I remember we uh, were remodeling our kitchen, and we had to stay at a hotel for a couple nights. And my daughter Anna, our daughter Anna, walked into the hotel room, and she says, Dad, I did something bad. And so this was not a child who uh, was very um, forthcoming with her uh, comings and goings, anything really for the most part, pretty private. And so when she said this, she definitely had my attention. And so it turned out, uh, she had pulled into the parking lot and managed to sideswipe a car uh, with her car. And it turns out that car was mine. So
2: <laughs> we've never
0: quite decided, have we, Lisa, if that was a good thing or bad that it was ended up being our car that she wrecked. But nonetheless, it's one of the other joys of uh, of, of parenting, and, and uh, especially when they begin driving. It was the same for me when the kids started uh, being able to. to do their own thing on a Friday night, drive to their own sports practices, all of those kind of things. It just uh, it became a, a different chapter for us. And Lisa was a big help to me because I had a hard time with it. I felt like they were abandoning us, that they were ungrateful. And um, it's not just they're trying to become adults and figure out who they are in the world. We're trying to figure out now what our life's gonna look like as uh, not just full-time parents anymore. And that, that for me was the biggest struggle how did you feel the same way, Lisa, or did you feel differently?
2: No, I feel exactly the same way. It's just like, how do you manage all of these little adults that have their own opinions and um, want to be independent, but they still need parenting at the same time and mentoring? Mm-hmm.
0: So as we began to look into the sophomore, junior years of high school, we became pretty clear that we were going to, obviously, we, we knew what the financial obligations were going to be for college. And so there was a decision that you and I made in reference to how we would support the kids when it came to college. Would you share what that was and how that worked?
2: So, our decision was that we would pay for four years in state college. If they went beyond the four years and couldn't get their undergrad within the four years, they would have to pay for the extra. If they went on to um, get their master's or any further education, that would be on their own. Um, And if they went out of state, um, we said they would have to pay the difference between what we would pay for in-state school versus out-of-state. Mm-hmm.
0: And So it felt like that lesson that we laid out there was that we're willing to support you. We want you to have a great experience. But if there's something extra special that you want to do for school or something that you want to pursue, um, there might be some skin in the game for you. And I think we felt like that was the way to go because it developed a baseline for the four of them so that we weren't having a lot of disparate outcomes between the four kids. Uh, we also were noticing and hearing from them that they weren't planning to pursue a, a specialized major uh, in particular, besides you know general business or general marketing or um, those kind of things. And then once they got to school, we went through the experience of nearly every one of them, except for Connor, changing their major a few times. We did have one child go up on, uh, decided to go to grad school, both. Twins actually went to grad school. Connor pursued a one-year program where he was able to get his CPA and a master's in accounting. And then Natalie went on to do a graduate degree in marriage and family counseling. And so on that, when they did that, we did say that the onus of paying for that would be um, on them. And so laying that expectation early, I felt like was the number one lesson that we learned, is that here's the baseline of what we're going to do. I feel like it ended up saving us a lot of money. Um, My only regret with that lesson is that there might have been some smaller schools or some other areas that I've learned later would have cost just the same as an in-state university. And they might have had a better educational experience just based on the way those schools uh, favor undergraduate education, where the big universities in many cases are research universities and undergrad education isn't their top priority. It's getting research grants and things like that. So. All that were, was just part of the process, and one of the things that really fascinated me about the college journey that we'll talk a lot about on this podcast is that not every kid is paying the same price at a school, and that there are a lot of great educational opportunities outside of the mainstream if you do a little bit of research. I didn't, and so it, I, I wish I would have, and I learned a lot through that process. learned a lot writing the book, Empty Nest, Full Pockets about how this works and excited to share that as part of our, our podcast. But the number one lesson that Lisa and I learned was to lay a baseline expectation early on. So as the kids begin the shopping experience, there there's not unfortunate surprises for them or for us.
2: And they should also check into any type of scholarships and that needs process needs to be started early as well. Yes,
0: agreed. <laughs> So as they, left on, as they left and began to move on, um, we discovered that we had more and more freedom. Um, we, on Friday nights, didn't have to stay up till whatever curfew had been uh, laid out at that point. And we realized that we had a little more freedom to do what we wanted. So what was one of the first things that we did, especially when the twins were, I think they were seniors?
2: Uh, we moved to a new house. Mm-hmm. On a golf course. Matt's a dream his whole life. <laughs> and we joined um, a small little golf country club. And um, we started making new friends and hanging out with our golf buddies.
0: We did. And so it was really a, a lot of empty nesters that we work with have this question. Do I stay in my home or do I move out downsize? Do I move somewhere else? Uh, do I reevaluate my career? It really is a great time in life to just ask some Bold, audacious questions of how am I living? Is this what I want? Uh, Where can we go from here? What can we do? And so, early on, there's a book by I believe it was uh, Bob Hanson, and it talked about creating kind of a list of all the things you'd like to accomplish in your life. So, like 101 things I'd like to do or have or whatever. And I had things on there like a Harley Davidson, which Lisa won't let me have, and uh, some other things but living on a golf course was something that I put early in my 20s that I wanted to do I I enjoyed golf and I thought wow when I see these houses on these golf tournaments they're so lucky to live right on the course and so being able to do that just brought a lot of satisfaction It, it freed us up because the house was smaller to not have to deal with as much maintenance and stuff but we still had plenty of room for the kids to come home albeit not room for them to live there. <laughs> so, <laughs> although we've definitely had some long-term visitors uh, back back and forth, and it's nice to be able to do that, as much as I thought we might regret that, it's kind of been fun when they when they come home and stay, um, even if it's for an extended. COVID was interesting. What's that? COVID was interesting. Indeed. Tell some of those stories.
2: <laughs> so, um, the twins were in college during COVID, and uh, obviously, they didn't have classes. Everything was moved to online. So they both moved home um, and I never cooked so much or drank so much in my whole life
0: (laughs) or (laughs) played so much golf
2: or played so much golf. That was the
0: only thing we were able to do. So playing golf was kind of front and center back then, but yeah, COVID changed for everything. I think we were in a fortunate spot that we had our own small business at that time. And we had our own uh, residence that was uh, able to navigate that in a, in a much better way. We had the kids had to come home and finish school and um, it was a, crazy time for everything so one of the things that we formulated with our group was what's called the empty nest fun jar tell us a little bit about that lisa
2: it was during covid that this um, happened and uh, we decided that we couldn't just um, play golf every day even though most of us enjoyed doing that so every couple that we had were friends with um, we put ideas in a jar um, card night game night um, you know, maybe we could find a place that would take us into a hotel for a couple of nights, um, and just do some shopping and stuff. Uh, so it turned out to be a really, really fun adventure with our friends.
0: Yeah. So we've done some things like, uh, weekends in Kansas city, uh, bowling, just things that we outside of the norm. So we wanted to have, uh, the chance to do, do kind of those special things. So, yep. And then we had to, we had to, in Engage in the emptiness as a blended family. So that made it a little bit different. So, what are the things that you think you learned from that?
2: Um, compromise would be the biggest thing. Um, and communication with your ex spouses. Um, that's just putting the kids first mm-hmm. and, you know, not putting them in the middle of any battle between um, time, I think is the biggest suggestion I would have
0: for people. Yeah, definitely. So. Well, we went through um, a, a lot of material here. We're just trying to get the uh, podcast framework lined up. We're going to be talking about a number of things. So we've touched on a few of them today. What are some of the lessons that we learned about shopping and paying for college? How can you make the most of your empty nest years? How can you deal with those things as a blended family? What do you do about your house and your residence? Um, one of the things that we haven't touched on are things like caring for our parents and the challenges that come up with that now. So even though our children may not need us as much, all of a sudden we may have parents that do. Um, and then developing a financial strategy is an empty nester. So any time a transition, whenever life changes, money moves, has been our history. And doing this for over 20 years, I've helped hundreds of families go through the empty nest transition, focus on, all right, how we balance paying for college with our future. How do we get ready for retirement? How do we start a business? How do we rearrange all of our financial affairs for tax planning. How do we deal with insurance? Just a bunch of stuff comes up during this stage of life. And we want to talk about those issues in more detail. We want to share ideas and stories. We want to bring in experts and all of that kind of fun stuff. So uh, I want to thank you all for joining us today. Before we leave, Lisa, do you have any any fun lines from the kids that you'd like to share that might uh, give everybody a chuckle on their way out?
2: The one that sticks out in my mind is... Um... When I was single, I decided to get uh, a a little puppy um, from the shelter, and um, it was a little rat terrier. I don't know if any of you are familiar with rat terriers. They're very, very hyper. Um, And it was the double dog. Um, Anyway, my daughter would pick up this little dog and look in the mirror while holding the dog and say, Scooter, this is your future. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Still don't know what that means.
0: (laughs) We never knew what it meant. But she would hold him up she and did it a lot. have him look in the mirror so that he could see this is this is gonna be your future scooter. And it was it was super sweet. We had a uh, Connor who had lots of little what we call Connor isms and we had a faulty water heater at our first house. And so we had to get that replaced and all of a sudden because prior to the, the new water heater, we had to ration hot water because the things would get cold rather quickly. And so um, once we got it, he came down the next morning. He's like, Mom, Mom, I had the best shower. I didn't have to turn the water on to maximum hotness. So, we, <laughs> <laughs> And if you knew, Connor, that was one of many uh, words that he made up, maximum hotness being one of them. Uh, that, was, uh, that was always funny. So we've had uh, a wonderful journey. We're still very close with all of our, our children. Uh, we have two of them living in our city and two of our, our daughters are out and about in Chicago and Rhode Island. So we have uh, a number of stories to share over the years. Uh, if you're interested in learning more, you can always pick up our book, "Emptiness Full Pockets," that shares how we went through the journey, how we uh, managed to get through this tug of war, how we managed to pay for college for all the kids without going into debt, and how we managed to, to prioritize our own dreams and goals as they as they moved along. So, thank you for joining us today. Uh, this is our episode one, "Emptiness Full Pockets." More to come. Thanks. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to Empty Nest Full Pockets. If you'd like to learn more about empty nesting, financial planning, or the book Empty Nest Full Pockets, visit the website at www.pfwplanning.com.